Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Mr. Classic Wrestling Podcast. And today I'm going to go over my review of WCW's Uncensored 2000. Starting off the evening, we go to our first match of the night. It is the Artist versus Psychosis for the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. Again, it was an okay matchup, back and forth matchup between both Artist and Psychosis. Psychosis was keeping the pace of the match, but the Artist ultimately hits a DDT off the top rope on Psychosis pinning him for the three, and your winner of the match, and still WCW Cruiserweight champion at that time, is the artist. Again, this was an okay matchup. It wasn't that bad. It was a decent opening matchup for Uncensored 2000. Um, if you guys don't know who the artist is, he also went by the name of Prince Iakea. Uh, looks like he changed his gimmick around 2000 for some reason and went by the artist. Uh, other thing I'll take away from this match was Chris Candido. That's correct, man. Chris Candido, former ECW legend. You know, crazy wrestler, man. Absolutely insane. Underrated. Extremely underrated. Uh, he actually was ringside throughout this match. It was announced uh, from the commentary table that he actually signed a WCW contract at this time and that he would be joining the roster for WCW. So that was really cool to see. And it was great to see Chris Candino, you know, on a wrestling event, number one. Number two, it was great to see Psychosis. You know, this was the first time I, I think I've seen Psychosis in quite a while. And WCW, so it was great to see Psychosis, and it was also awesome to see Chris Candido ringside, you know, announcing that he had signed a contract at that time with WCW. So that was awesome to see. But hats off to the artist for getting the win in this match and at that time retaining the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night as well. It is Norman Smiley and the Demon versus Lane and Rave. Again, it was an okay matchup, back-and-forth matchup between both teams. Norman Smiley was keeping the pace of the match. Norman then ultimately applies a chicken wing, and your winners of the match by submission are Norman Smiley and the Demon. So hats off to Norman Smiley and Demon for getting the win in this matchup. Moving on from that, we go to our next match of the night. It is the Wall versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Again, it was a decent matchup, back-and-forth matchup between both the Wall and Bam Bam Bigelow. The wall hits a choke slam on Bigelow through a table, and your winner of the match by disqualification is Bam Bam Bigelow. A couple of things I'll take away from this match is number one is the wall. It seemed like in the year, well, you know, late 99, early two, uh, 2000, they were really pushing the wall. Me personally, I don't know a whole lot about the wall. Bigelow, I know a lot about Bigelow, man. Bigelow is a great wrestler, underrated, completely underrated in my honest opinion. Um, and I feel like WCW really didn't know how to book Bigelow, in my honest opinion. They really didn't. They brought him in, and the whole time when they brought him in was the whole Goldberg thing, and I understood that. But after the Goldberg thing, man, I don't know really what the hell they were doing with Bigelow. Yeah, he might have been hardcore champion for WCW. I get that. But they could have booked him in a whole lot better matches in WCW, in my honest opinion. But uh, hats off to Bigelow for getting the win. I just wish it was a clean finish. Moving on from that, we go into our next schedule matchup of the night. It is Brian Knobs versus three count for the WCW Hardcore Championship. Again, it was an okay matchup, back and forth matchup between both Brian Knobs and three count. Brian Knobs was keeping the pace of the match, but Brian Knobs ultimately hits a splash off the top rope on Shannon Moore, pins him for the three, and your winner of the match. And at that time, still WCW Hardcore Champion is Brian Knobs. A couple of things I'm going to take away from this match. Number one, it was an okay matchup. It wasn't horrible, but it was okay. Um, Brian Knobs, and I mentioned this multiple times, man. The Nasty Boys were a, a decent tag team. I'm not going to sit here and say they were greatest. I'm not even going to sit here and say they were my top five. They were a decent tag team at best. 
once Brian Knobs went on to do his own thing as a singles competitor, uh, I feel like I don't know who was in charge at this time, whether it be Eric Bischoff, who the hell knows, didn't know how to book Brian Knobs in matches. You know, all he did was book him in hardcore matches, and the hardcore division was absolutely trash for WCW. I mean, at this time, Brian Knobs was even working with Fit Finley, and there was nothing for Fit Finley. They were just putting him in random-ass matches to put the other guy over, in my honest opinion. There was nothing for Fit Finley, man. Fit Finley, to me, I'm sorry, was not a good wrestler. He just wasn't. I, to me, he was a boring wrestler to watch. I had more excitement watching a William Regal match than I did Fit Finley, in my honest opinion. You know, hands down. Brian Nobbs, again, the Nasty Boys, a decent tag team. But once Brian Nobbs did his own little singles run, I, I just feel like they didn't know how to book him. And a lot of matches he was in, it was 50-50 booking. He would win one and lose one, lose one, win one. It was just, at some point, man, it just became obnoxious. It really did. But hats off to Brian Nobbs for getting the win in this match and at that time retaining the WCW Hardcore Championship. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It is Booker T and Billy Kimmon versus Big T and Stevie Ray. Again, it was an okay matchup, back-and-forth matchup between both teams. Kimmon was keeping the pace of the match. Booker T then hits a spin kick on Big T with Billy Kimmon hitting the roll-up on Big T. Pins for the three, and your winners of the match are Booker T and Billy Kimmon. Hats off to Booker T and Billy Kimmon for getting the win in this match. Moving on from that, we're going to our next schedule match of the night. It is Fit Finley versus Vampiro. Again, this was actually a decent matchup. Back and forth matchup between both Finley and Vampiro. Uh, Finley was keeping the pace of the match, but Vampiro ultimately hits the finish on Fit Finley. Pins him for the three, and your winner of the match is Vampiro. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the evening. It is Johnny the Bull and Big Vito versus the Harris Brothers for the WCW Tag Team Championships. Again, it was an okay match. Back and forth matchup between Johnny the Bull and Big Vito and the Harris Brothers. Uh, Johnny the Bull, Johnny and Vito were keeping the pace of the match, but the Harris Brothers ultimately hit a finish, pin for the three, and your winners of the match, and at that time, new WCW Tag Team Champions are the Harris Brothers. So hats off to the Harris Brothers for getting the win in this matchup and at that time becoming the new WCW Tag Team Champions. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It is Dustin Rhodes versus Terry Funk in a bull rope match. Again, this was a really good matchup, back and forth matchup between Rhodes and Funk. Funk was keeping the pace of the match, but Dustin ultimately hits a pile driver on Terry Funk, pins him for the three, and your winner of the match is Dustin Rhodes. <clears throat> couple things I'll take away from this match, man. There is a lot of history between the Rhodes and the Funks, man, especially stemming from Terry Funk and Dusty. They had a lot of good matches. I feel like Dusty and Terry had this kind of hometown animosity towards one of each other, both from Texas. Um, I kind of feel like it was something like who was the best one out of Texas between both Dusty and Terry Funk. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I was a big Dusty Rhodes fan as well, definitely in my top five. Um but there's a lot of history between the Rhodes and the Funks. Um, Dustin Rhodes, you know, to me, at least in WCW, they didn't really know how to book him. You know what I mean? He had a lot of gimmicks. Uh, Dustin Rhodes, obviously, uh, seven, which I didn't really understand. He, it was more like an Undertaker kind of gimmick or a playoff, if you will. To me, it seemed like of the Undertaker. Didn't really pan out too well, in my honest opinion. Um, but this was a decent showing by Dustin Rhodes, man. And the uh, bull rope match, I, it's one of the gimmick matches I actually don't mind. 
I don't mind the bull rope match. You know, and Dusty has made he made that that match synonymous in pro wrestling. I remember the match he had. I think it was Dusty Rose versus Steve Carino in ECW, and they beat the hell out of one another. Dusty was busted wide open. Steve Carino was busted wide open. It was a great match, great match, awesome match. But uh, again, hats off to Dustin Rhodes for getting the win in this matchup. Moving on from that, we go into our next match on the card. It is Lex Luger versus Sting in a lumberjack match. Um, this was actually a really good matchup. Luger quickly attacks Sting. Turns into a back-and-forth matchup. Flair is here. Flair attacks Sting. Sting then hits a stinger splash on Rick. Elizabeth then hits Sting with a bat. But then Sting ultimately hits a scorpion death drop on Lex Luger. Pins him for the three, and your winner of the match is Sting. Again, this was a really good matchup, man. One of the Probably one of the best matches on this card, to be honest with you. Uh, a lot of history between Lex Luger and Sting, best friends. Um, pretty much came through WCW at the same time, in my honest opinion. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Sting came to WCW before Lex Luger did. I might be off base, but it was like right around the same time. And then Luger obviously went over to WWE, and then he came back to WCW later on, you know, later on in the years. I think he came back at the first Nitro. From uh, it was, I think it was live from all of America, I believe at the time, and then he showed up, and you know, obviously the rest is history. But um, in the beginning, I mean, Sting and Luger were right in the early days of like NWA, WCW, um, back in like you know, early days of WCW. So, you know, it, it was a great match, man. A lot of history between Luger and Sting. But uh, hats off to Sting for getting the win in this matchup. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It is Jeff Jarrett versus Sid Vicious for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Again, it was an okay matchup, back-and-forth matchup between both Jarrett and Sid Vicious. Hogan is here. Hogan then attacks Jarrett. Uh, Hogan, then I think, hits a leg drop on Jarrett as well. Sid then goes to cover uh, Jeff Jarrett, pins him for the three, and your winner of the match, and at that time still WCW World Heavyweight Champion, is Sid Vicious. Uh, a couple of things I'll take away from this match as well, man, is Sid Vicious, number one. Uh, they were really building Sid Vicious up to be this indestructible force. You know, and my thing is, and I, I mentioned this in the past, I don't know where they were going with booking Sid Vicious. You know, they were building Sid Vicious up to be this big top guy. Now, before he got into WCW, he really wasn't doing anything, man. Uh, he had a couple of little small matches for ECW, and then obviously he moved over to WCW. But uh, they were booking Sid Vicious strong in late 99, early 2000. He had a lot of notable matches, obviously world heavyweight champion. Um, and they were building him up to be the next big guy, the next big thing in WCW. So that was just insane to see that alone. Jeff Jarrett, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of Jeff Jarrett growing up, to be honest with you. Um, but I, I didn't mind his gimmick. I thought the gimmick was great. I thought he was hilarious. Um, obviously, you know, usually hitting people with the guitar and stuff. I thought it was hilarious. Um, but he can, I mean, Jeff Jarrett can wrestle. Obviously, his dad can wrestle, Jerry Jarrett. You know, he had his own um, promotion down there in Memphis. Um, you know, so obviously a second-generation wrestler. So Jarrett can wrestle. I'm not taking anything away from that. I just wasn't a big fan of Jeff Jarrett. But um, hats off to Sid Vicious for getting the win in this match and at that time retaining the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It is the main event of Uncensored 2000. It is Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan in a strap match. Again, it was a good matchup, a back-and-forth matchup between both Flair and Hulk Hogan. A lot of history between Flair and Hogan. Flair was keeping the pace of the match, but Hogan ultimately hits a leg drop on Flair 
pins him for the three, and your winner of the match is Hulk Hogan. Again, a lot of history between Ric Flair. I mean, those guys have wrestled all over the world and put on phenomenal matches, man. I think Hogan's big debut for WCW when he came in was against Ric Flair. I think it was Bash at the Beach, I think, where Mr. T was going to the ring with Hogan. I think Ric Flair was being managed by Sensational Sherry at the time, which was kind of odd. Uh, but it was a great match. I think that was his first pay-per-view match for WCW, Hogan. Um, but as far as Uncensored 2000, I mean, I always give these shows a rating from a 1 out of 10. This one was tough, man. I, and not tough because it was a high number in a rating. Uh, this was really low. Um, a lot of matches on this on this show I could have done without, man. I mean, the artist versus Psychosis. Yes, it was cool to see Chris Candido. It was great to see Psychosis. But Prince Ikea, I could have done without. Norman Smiley and Demon versus Lane and Rave could have done without. The Wall versus Bam Bam Bigelow, I feel like it was a botch finish. Ryan Nazareth, three count, could have done without. Booker T and Kidman versus Big T and Stevie Ray, one of the matches on the card for me. Uh, Dustin Rhodes versus Terry Funk, that was actually a decent match on that card. And uh, Lex Luger versus Sting wasn't bad as well. Wasn't a bad, that wasn't bad, but everything else was not that good, man. I had to give Uncensored 2000 probably maybe a five at best, man. I, I just think this, it's it wasn't that good. I think later on in the years in WCW, the pay-per-views really got bad. They didn't know what they were doing, and a lot of matches were being booked as the same matches. I mean, it was like Brian Knobs, hardcore match, hardcore match, hardcore match, every single pay-per-view. I don't know why they were booking him so strong, man, but the hardcore division, I, I've mentioned this a million times, absolute trash. And I didn't know what the hell, or I don't know how they were booking Brian Knobs in these matches. It was 50-50 booking. That's exactly what it was. And the hardcore championship didn't mean a damn thing. In my honest opinion, it didn't mean nothing. But um, I had to give Uncensored 2005, man, at best. I, there's no way I'm going to say it was the worst, but it's, it's damn sure not the best. So I had to give it a rating of five. But um, this is my review of WCW's Uncensored 2000. I hope you guys are out there staying safe. Be careful. And remember... Stay classic. Peace.